When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Catherine Brandt. No, it's the third hour. What? It's the third hour. No bomb. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting she does. You know, how lazy can one person get? <laughs> mm. Honestly, God. Alex doesn't show up at all, and then mom leaves an hour early. <laughs> Although, Andy Rappernard is here. And Mike Molina. And we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. We are back, Tom Bernard Show, ladies and gentlemen. Just really trying to shift through every news site we can possibly find to i mean here we're going to read a story from the new yorker the 1968 book that tried to predict the world of 2018 okay 
Well, here's some other, here are the most popular stories in the New Yorker today. Okay? This is what I'm talking about. Number one, the 2018 Golden Globes, Oprah leads a decisive feminist takeover. Number two, when deportation is a death sentence. Number three, Fire and Fury is a book all too worthy of the president. Number four, the increasing unfitness of Donald Trump. Number five, under Trump, a hard test for Howard University. Is there anything else you can talk about? How did they not get sick of... People must be sick of reading this kind of stuff. You'd think. But, I mean, yeah, you'd think, but clearly they're not because they're perfectly happy to read the same thing over and over again every day. It's the same stories every day. I understand you hate Trump. I'm not that huge a Trump fan myself, to tell you the truth. I don't care for him any more than I cared for any other president. You know, his tweeting drives me nuts, and when he says things like, what did he say, I'm a normal genius, or what was it? I'm a stable genius. He, he referred to himself as a stable genius. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, because I don't think it means anything. I'm a stable genius. I don't okay. really pay attention to anything <laughs> he says. But seriously, as far as doing news... I might have to cut the news segment back. You like to keep people up to date on what's going on in the world and everything is good and, uh, you know, at least in certain circles. <laughs> but honest to God, it's just every story is about how much people hate Donald Trump at the New Yorker and the Washington Post and the this and the that and the Star Tribune and the Pioneer Press. and Oh, my God. We should just, uh, I understand. Adopt, we should adopt lifetime uh, fitnesses policy now. Almost. I mean, just, just block cut. it. Yeah. Well, Joe from Louisville just texted me and said, "Do people want mindless drivel?" Apparently, are we just completely losing it? Is that the problem we have now? Uh, this story. I have not pre-read this story, so I'm hoping that it's interesting at least. The 1968 book that tried to predict the world of 2018. If you wanted to hear the future in late May 1968, you might have gone to Abbey Road to hear the Beatles record a new song of John Lennon, something called Revolution. Or you could have gone to the decidedly less fab Midtown Hilton in Manhattan, where a thousand leaders and future leaders, ranging from the economist John Kenneth Galbraith uh, to the peace activist Arthur Wasco, uh, were invited to a conference by the Foreign Policy Association for its 50th anniversary. The FPA scheduled a three-day gathering of experts, asking them to gaze 50 years ahead. An accompanying book shared the conference's far-off title, Toward the Year 2018. The timing was not auspicious, and America's cities were still cleaning up from the riots after Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination just the month before, in April of 1968. Protests were brewing for that summer's Democratic National Convention. That was one of the biggest disasters in Chicago history. But perhaps the future was the only place left to escape from the present. More than 800 attendees arrived at the Hilton. They met in the Grand Ballroom. The reporter Edwin Yoder wrote at the time, which is not so much futuristic as uh, like a dimly remembered version of the 1920 small-town Grand Movie House. Invitees were carefully split by the FPA between over-35s and under-35s, but less carefully, they didn't pick any principal speakers from the under-35s. As their elders mused on a future of plastics and plasma jets, without mention of Vietnam and violence in the streets, there was muttering among the younger attendees. Representatives from Students for a Democratic Society demanded time at the mic and circulated a letter questioning whether the conference was for the discussion uh, was for discussion or brainwashing oh my Was god what? college students 
They'll always be the same. I know. They've been the same my entire life. Complain about everything nonstop. Wasco, today the rabbi of the Shalom Center in Philadelphia was an SDS alumnus attending the conference out of a sincere interest in the future, but he was skeptical of futurism. By 1968, he'd already been working for more than a decade on a never-finished epistolary sci-fi novel, Notes from 1999, but, Wasco explains, I was interested in changing the world, not trying to predict the future, but to create the future. Yeah, because you're that important. Uh, Put in there, help create the future. How about that instead of creating the future? Activists weren't the only ones who uh, scrutinizing the event, though. FBI informants were tracking SDS attendees, but only because they were already investigating the starchy uh, Foreign Policy Association for communism. Hearing now of informants, like, yeah, you know what? Let me skip ahead here because yeah, this is one long story. Good God! Well, it's the New Yorker. They can't shut up. Well, there is that. Just write what we came here to listen to, not uh, a novel about everything. More amazing than science fiction proclaims the cover with jacket copy envisioning how uh, on a summer day in the year 2018, the three-dimensional television screen in your living room flashes news of anti-gravity belts. Well, no, there aren't not quite three-dimensional televisions though. Uh, kind of. Yeah, that's really done crappy I television. Mean, we could make them, but there, there's just no reason to. Yeah, low resolution have... and right. you know, not good. Uh, flashes of anti-gravity belts. A man-made hurricane launched at an enemy fleet that devastates a neutral country. A citizen's pocket computer. Well, we got oh, that. We got that. That averts an air crash. Will our children in 2018 still be wrestling? Wrestling. With racial problems, economic depressions, other Vietnams. Much of toward the year 2018 might as well be science fiction today, with 14 contributors ranging from the weapons theorist Herman Kahn to the IBM automation director Charles DiCarlo, penning essays on everything from space to behavioral technologies. It's not hard to find wild misses. The Stanford wonk Charles Scarlett predicts exactly incorrectly that nuclear breeder reactors will move to the fore of the U.S. energy production uh, while natural gas fades. Well, that's where, they, that's where they wanted it to head, if you remember correctly. Yeah. But then they decided that nuclear uh, breeder reactors were much more dangerous than natural gas. Three Mile Island happened. It didn't kill anyone, but that was enough to make everyone just decide right. that it's the worst thing in the world. He concedes that natural gas might make a comeback through uh, atom bomb-powered fracking. Atom bomb-powered? My God. That's a little much. Why don't you calm down? They will select their levels of employment, of industrialization, of increase in GNP. Uh, I I don't know. This article could have been so much better than it is. It's just far too wordy. That's the New Yorker for you. I just thought maybe they would deliver some some predictions that uh, they said there was one thing they predicted. Uh, right on the money, but I have no idea what that might have been. I'll just do the last couple of paragraphs here. While there's plenty unpredictable about the president, not, uh, not present, not a single word, one of us, imagine the election of a fascist president in the United States, Wasco adds tartly, to understand toward the year 2018 it's more essential to grapple with the tumult and promise of 1968 than 2018. That's what we were trying to do in 1968, Zweig says of his dissent at the time. We were trying to understand what is driving this madness of war and racial bigotry and assassinations. As for actually predicting 50 years ahead instead of affecting change in the present, and then he says something I can't repeat because it starts with an F, Mm -hmm. if you know what I'm saying. So basically, uh, the reason I wanted to read that story is to see if it held any promise. It didn't. It's the same BS. You're right. It's the New Yorker. It's the same BS. 
because I've been talking for at least the last 20 to 25 years on the KQ Morning Show, and then the last five years on this show, that my generation ruined America. And they did, because they had a chance to turn things around in 1967, 68, 69, after horrible assassinations of almost every leader in the country. They had a chance to turn it around. But what I discovered back then, and it really did hold true, All those hippy-dippy people, all these, you know, oh, we're going to change the world, we're going to rally together, and peace and love, and it's going to be wonderful, turned out somehow, magically, that every one of those people was a drug dealer. You know, Haight-Ashbury, remember, you guys are probably too young, but you remember references to Haight-Ashbury, right? I know it's a street somewhere. Street corner, yeah, in San Francisco. Melina, you know anything about Haight-Ashbury? Not really, no. No, it was supposed to be the headquarters of peace and love and the future generation uh, that's going to control America. It's going to be wonderful. Every one of them was a drug dealer. Matter of fact, they were the drug dealers who lived in that area uh, area before they moved in. The hippies moved in, began to kill the hippies because they were stealing their drug buying uh, audience. You know, so here's my one thing I will warn this current generation about i'm warning you and we talked about this earlier that if you keep pushing in this direction what we're talking about today everywhere we turn today it's trump 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 that's all they want to talk about is how horrendous the president is which does not make america look good to the rest of the world but uh i guess they don't consider that to be their job so maybe i can understand a little bit of that well it's not my job yeah well whatever but what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to trigger the next generation to be very very conservative because of the madness that's going on right now. That's kind of how it went. There was the you know when I was a teenager, it was all again peace and love, and we're all come on people now. Let's live together, and maybe we should share the land, and everybody was going to come together. And what happened? Well, now we're in an era where everyone is so far driven apart by those very same ideas and ideals. You have the far, far left and the far, far right. And anyone that has half a brain, I'm sorry, but it's true, is stuck right in the middle. And we're being crushed by these psychos. Don't you feel that way? I mean, you guys are, what, 27 and 31 years old. How do you feel about that? I think that, um, it, yeah, it pretty much is going... It's always been the uh, people who talk the loudest about fixing the problems that cause all the problems. Right. Is that the way you feel as well, Melina? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, it continues to get worse. I mean, I thought, uh, here we are, 2018, and, man, I'm, it's just unbelievable. Just the news cycle, it just... Uh, you, it's like you guys say all the time. I mean, it's to the point where I will not watch... Any news doesn't matter if it's local or state, regional, whatever, and definitely not national because it's just. Uh, it's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the people spreading all the hate. It's places like CNN and the New Yorker and the New York Times and all those ivory tower people who uh, they spend ninety percent of their time spreading as much hate as they possibly can, and the other ten percent well, telling Fox everyone news else is to stop hating the everyone. Either Fox News is not. I mean, all news and any. any I have side. such little right. contact with uh, any sort of conservative media because there is so little. For one, um, Fox News is really the only like conservative outlet I know of. Uh, mm, whereas there is, are yeah. so many far left outlets that you just can't avoid them. One thing I will say in in 
and I'm not defending Fox any more than I would defend any, anything else. The person I will defend, though, is Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz may be the last clear-thinking man on earth, possibly. Civil liberties lawyer and prominent liberal, and he is. Alan Dershowitz is a prominent liberal. On Monday, blasted the left for its continued speculation about President Trump's mental stability. It's very dangerous, the Harvard Law Professor Emeritus said on Fox News, Fox and Friends uh, Friends program. There's only one thing worse than trying to criminalize political differences, and that's trying to psychiatrize them. Psychiatrize them? I I guess it's psychiatrize. I don't think that's a word. I don't think it is either, but it sure looks good. Psychiatrize. Uh, These psychiatrists now who are trying to diagnose without ever having met the man, that's what they did in Russia. I represented dissidents who they locked up in mental hospitals, Mr. Dershowitz said. That's what they did in China. That's what they did in apartheid South Africa. How dare liberals, people on the left, try to undo... Uh, And remember, Alan Dershowitz is a professor emeritus at Harvard. He's a prominent liberal. He's not a righty in any way, shape, or form. He's just a very, we've had him on the KQ Morning Show. We have to start getting him on this show, actually, because he does a great job when he's on the KQ Morning Show. But uh, the 25th Amendment doesn't apply. Everybody knew who Donald Trump was when they elected him. I didn't vote for him. I voted against him. People voted for him, but he hasn't changed in office. And this idea of diagnosing him instead of opposing him politically poses an enormous danger. There's no question about it. It's very dangerous what we're doing here. Yeah, we're talking about a Jew. And then they say, is Donald Trump an intellectual? Trust me, I'm like a smart person. And I recognized immediately. So he was number one at West Point. Now, I know a lot about West Point. (laughs) What? Uh, No, no, he's just giving a speech. What the hell was he even trying to say? (laughs) That's, yeah. Uh, He got a little off topic. Yeah, a little bit. Well, that's when he called himself the genius. He did call Uh, himself the genius. Um, But I like like, and I've always liked what Alan Dershowitz has to say. He is, he's sounding the the horns, man. He's ringing the bell saying, you better stop this. What I was going to say is we're talking about a Jewish guy who was born, he was born in 38. So that would be like, he didn't, probably didn't experience any of the whole fascist thing. But he was, you know, close enough to it that he right. was definitely affected by it. And he's saying, you know, Trump's not a fascist. And, um, yeah, to, to say that Trump is anything like that is just uh, completely how cushy does your life have to be to think that Donald Trump is like the worst it can get. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. President of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDI. An equal housing lender. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock-solid dock systems. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented Easy Level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. 
Visit Flow at the Minneapolis Boat Show at the Convention Center January 11th through the 14th. Say you heard this ad on KQ and receive $50 off your purchase. Stop by Friday night between 6 and 7 to meet professional hockey star Ryan Suter, a proud owner and spokesperson for Flow Dock and Lift Systems. Or visit their website at floeintl.com. Flow Docks and Lifts, a better way. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, uh, we're here on the Tom Bernard Show trying to sift through the news, and it's a very, very difficult thing to do today. I'm sure that the Golden Globes last night with all the political stuff going on, and then, of course, they give a standing ovation to a man who wrote a book about cheating on his wife uh, that sent his son to an institution because he was gay, thought he could de-gay him years ago. Um, who was accused of murdering a young woman. Uh, Natalie Wood claimed that he raped her when she was 16. But Kirk Douglas appears on stage in, uh, in Hollywood, and they give him a standing ovation. Why? How? How does that happen? I don't get it. Eric Douglas. Because I do know that he died of a drug overdose in 2004. Um, it's never really uh, possible to tell. Yeah, I suppose that's true. With a drug overdose, you can't really tell if he killed himself or not. Yeah, but uh, let's see. Numerous run-ins with the law, problems yeah. with alcohol and drugs. Um, going to see if he ever really like married anyone or anything. Yeah, probably not. 11 vials of crack cocaine and 1,000 Xanax pills in his apartment in Ooh, 1996. Man. So he liked the drugs. Yeah, apparently he did like the drugs. He was very, very fond of the drugs. I should give you guys a test to see if you could pass this. This just popped up on my screen just now. Uh, who is in charge? Oh, a U.S. citizenship test, do you think you could pass it? Probably not. Well, although, I mean, I'm sure they make it so incredibly easy that anyone could. Because it used to be 20 years ago, it's like, you know, you know, just describe how the country was formed and all that stuff. But I'm sure that doesn't. that's not in there anymore. All right, what we'll do is we'll take the test. They're just about 20 questions. It's not that big a deal. And we'll get all three answers, and we'll do an average of the answers. Because it's, you know, there's a tiebreaker. There are three of us, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready? Who's in charge of the executive branch? The president, chief justice, speaker of the house, or majority whip? Um, <laughs> anyone? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not the president, and I don't know what the hell a majority whip is. Uh, chief justice. Okay, you're going majority whip, chief justice. I'm going the president. No, I didn't. Say majority whip. I, I said did. I didn't know who it was. I've never heard that term before in my was life. It Paul Ryan? I was correct. I was correct. It's the president. Oh, it is? Oh. Yeah, he's in charge of the executive branch. I thought he was just in charge of the military. <clears throat> nope. Okay, this one should be easy. How many U.S. senators are there? 100. 50. It's 100. I don't know. It's 100. Andy, how the hell do you think it's 50? <laughs> I don't pay There's any two. attention. I go out of my way not to pay attention I, to politics. I, I can understand that. Oh, you got this one, though, yeah, Andy. People always, they're like, they don't, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you don't like politics, but no. That's, like, the one thing that I refuse to learn anything about. Well, it's not good news. Um, you, so, so far, you could not be a U.S. citizen, Andy. I'm not surprised. <laughs> we elect a president for how many years? Four. Four. Very good, Andrew. Yeah. Four is correct. Well, so, what, you have to get in 100% on this, or... What? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound 100%. That sounds a little unfair. 
If the president can no longer serve, who becomes the president? Vice, Vice president. president. Very good. Excellent. You're right. We've gotten everyone I'm right so far. Who vetoes bills? Is it the Congress, Vice President, the President, or Senators? It's the President. President. I agree. And we are correct yet again. What are the two major political parties in the United yeah, States? Yeah, I figured it was going to be so easy that anyone could get well, it, even if they... No, well, we got them all right so far. The donkey we'll and see. the elephant. Yeah. The donkey and the elephant. Not exactly. even worth answering. How old do citizens have to be to vote for president? 18. Um... Well, it was 18 last I checked. Yep, 18. You're absolutely One right. One day it'll be 12, I'm sure. <laughs> when was the Declaration of Independence adopted? 1776. On what day? July 4th. Uh, July 4th. Very good. You guys are kicking ass. Who was the first president of the United States? Oh, George Washington. This is uh, not the hardest yeah. quiz I've ever taken, <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. Have I you figured. seen some of the people walking around that you, you're like, man, you're a citizen? That's true. This, by the way, I'm not making this up. This is the actual test you take to become a U.S. citizen. Hmm. I'm not kidding you. This is the real test you take to become a U.S. citizen. Uh, here's a really hard one. I don't think you guys will get this one. What ocean is on the west coast of the United <laughs> oh, States? My God. The Arctic that's Ocean. That's not even citizen. That's, yeah, like, that's just geography. That's right. not. Are you ready for this? Okay. So we answered Pacific, which is right. But the options were Pacific, Atlantic, the Gulf of Mexico, <laughs> or the Indian Ocean. <laughs> I love that. I was so, wondering. Indian Ocean. I think Ocean. it's the Indian Ocean. <laughs> the <laughs> Indian Ocean. What is the capital of the United States? Oh, Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Washington, D.C. Why does the flag have 50 stars? Oh, my man. God. One for each state. Yeah. Okay, we've gotten we got we've gotten to halfway point, and we've gotten every one of them correct so far. So so far, it looks like we'll all become citizens of the United States. Yeah. The okay. only ones I didn't get were the first two, but that was. Oh my God! This is the actual test. I'm not kidding you. When do we celebrate Independence Day? Oh. Even though they already asked that question, pretty much. They did. Oh. It's true. An important part of the application process for becoming a U.S. citizen is passing a civics test. Covering important U.S. history and government topics, there are 100 civics questions on the naturalization test. During the interview process, applicants are asked up to 10 questions and must be asked, you know how you become a citizen? You have to get 60% of them right. Oh, well, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And apparently a lot of people seem to think that... Uh, that's not even worth doing, and you should just not do that. Oh, it's too hard? Interesting. Okay, here we go. The idea of self-government is in the first three words of the U.S. Con Constitution. What are they? We the people? We the people. We the wait, people. No. Very good. What do you mean, wait, no? It is we the people. <laughs> this is you. I said ye with ye. a Y. Yeah, well, we knew you were being a pain in the ass. What is the economic system of the United States? Is it barter, socialist, communist, or capitalist? <laughs> barter system? <laughs> the barter system. Bring your donkey down here, and we'll see if we can get something rolling. <laughs> Thank God. Now, see, this turned out to be fun because instead of all that negative, horrible news, we found out that we could get at least 60% of these questions oh, yeah. correct. I think pretty much anyone could if they paid any attention at all. Okay, we've just, got, we've just gotten there. So we're, we actually now are at 66.66%. So we just got into the country. There are only eight questions left. We elect a U.S. senator for how many years? Six. Two? Six. Six. Oh. Andy, Andy's out. Darn. Andy got the hook. I don't know anything about senators. 
If both the president and the vice president no longer, no longer serve, who becomes president? Speaker of the yeah, House? Not, yeah. Very good. The Speaker of the House say the is the Attorney correct. General for some reason. No. How many justices are on the Supreme Court? Nine. I was going to say 12. It's got to be an odd number. Nine is is correct. It's got to be an odd number so they can break all all ties. That makes sense. That's what they, well, but they, you know, we'll see. There used to be more? No. Really? Well, no, you know what? Maybe back back in the old days, maybe there were more. Yeah, I think maybe last time I checked, there were more. I don't know. It's been nine forever. was probably when I was like four. It's been nine forever as far as I know. You checking it? Yes. All right, let us know. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? A lot of people. Okay, yeah. well, here are your choices. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Roosevelt, or Thomas Jefferson? I think technically it was Jefferson. 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 Very good. You guys got that one right. He got, like, you know, primary credit. Okay, you come up with it yet on the Supreme Court? Not it's yet. Not, it's not. It's going to take a while. Who was the president during the Great Depression and World War II? Uh, FDR. Truman? No, not Roosevelt. Right. FDR. <laughs> Andy, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm looking at the justices. It is thing. Franklin Roosevelt. We've gotten 21 of the 24 correct, only three to go. During the Cold War, what was the main concern of the United States? Spartac- Unemployment, hunger, national park, or communism? Communism. Oh, yeah. Communism. Communism is the correct answer. Well, we just two to go. You didn't tell me these were multiple choice. I probably could have gotten those. <laughs> I gave you the options. <laughs> no, you didn't. You like, hey, why don't you go work for the New Yorker? Well, like the number of chief justices. <laughs> you didn't give me the options. I did too. No, you didn't. Well, you didn't listen. Mm. How many amend? Oh, see now this one's going to be tougher. Oh well, there there have only been seventeen chief justices justices in history. Yeah, not a lot. So it hasn't been a whole lot of people. Okay, you ready, Andy? You ready, Mike? Uh huh. How many amendments does the Constitution have? Twenty-eight. Uh, I would have said a lot more than that. I was at like forty. Twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, or twenty-eight, Andy. Oh well, I'm gonna go with Melina in this one, but that's kind of cheating. Exactly wrong. It's twenty-seven. Ah. Is it? It's twenty-seven. You were wrong. Yep, I just checked. You were wrong. When's ah, the most recent twenty-seventh <laughs> amendment? I bet it's something incredibly. Third twenty-seven. Dry. Uh, yeah, no law varying the compensation of the representative or the senators and representatives shall take effect unless an election of representatives shall have intervened. So, oh, that's stupid. Yawn. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. And this is a really tough one to wrap it up. Oh, and this is only 23 or 24. Who is the current Chief Justice of the United States? John Roberts. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, very good. It is John Roberts. Okay, and the final question. Who, this might be tough for you guys. Who was president during World War One? Mm, Teddy Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, Warren Harding, or Woodrow Wilson? I would have said Harding. You'd have said Harding, Ooh. and you would have said Theodore Roosevelt. No, I'll say Wilson. You'll say Woodrow Wilson. Okay, Harding or Wilson? Here's what we're gonna go with. Because uh, Roosevelt is, was longer, like way before that, wasn't he? Woodrow Wilson was the correct answer. Mm. Very, very good. So, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it said we only got 22 out of 24. That's not right. We got 23 out of 24. Even the tests themselves can't get it right. <laughs> well, no, but yeah, 60%. I think I still got six. Well, because so many of those were throwaway, like, guaranteed they correct were, yeah. questions. They were, absolutely. It's like, what is the first letter of the word America? But, but you know, we're talking about, we have a friend who is, who is, I believe, born in Wales, but she grew up in London. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to become a U.S. citizen. 
and they wouldn't let her into the country. She went to college here. Well, it's just that they wouldn't let her try. They wouldn't even they, let they her try. They only have a certain again. amount of slots or whatever, and you know, pretty much all of those are going to be taken by people from third world countries yeah. unless you wait a long time, but or I, or you have like you know a big business or something. But if you should honestly, it, why isn't she allowed to at least try to become a U.S. citizen? Because she's not rich and she's not from a third world country, so no one cares about her. She's not in danger? Is that what you're saying? I don't think it's so much danger as, like, you know, look how diverse we are. She wouldn't increase the country's diversity, basically. No, she would not. That's true. She's whiter than you are, which is hard (laughs) to believe. I mean, that's very hard to believe. Dave Chappelle persisted. The comedy giant got hammered last year for sharing some transgender jokes on a pair of Netflix stand-up specials. Instead of backing down or apologizing, Mr. Chappelle uncorked a few more in his latest Netflix special, Equanimity. He, did he inadvertently strike a blow against those who insist comedians avoid certain subjects or will politically correct scolds? continue to hound comics well into 2018 and beyond. Mr. Chappelle did acknowledge in the new special that some viewers were hurt by his barbs. He also said all the right things about not wishing violence on any member of the transgender community. He still didn't apologize or shy away from similar material. Comedian Jim Florentine applauds his fellow stand-up for not buckling to a select group of naysayers. It's a good thing that he didn't apologize, said Mr. Florentine. We know Jim really well. He's a great guy. I don't know Dave Chappelle at all, but uh, Jim Florentine's a wonderful guy. Uh, Mr. Florentine, known partly for his political incorrect bits on Comedy Central's Crank Yankers. You know, I actually did like that show, Crank Yankers. What was the name of that uh, special Ed, wasn't it? Yeah. Special Ed was a character. (laughs) That's real nice, Jim. We've got a president who doesn't apologize, and he's gone pretty far. That part of President Trump's demeanor appealed to voters, and Mr. Florentine said that extends to the comedy realm. Most people don't want an apology. Who are you apologizing to, he asks. Mr. Florentine said stand-up crowds are more savvy and tougher than the media would like us to think. I don't see uh, in the comedy clubs anyone walking out for being offended. Well, that does happen, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, some people get up and walk the room. That is true. Although, uh, you know, Bobby Slayton isn't uh, touring much anymore, so they don't walk the room like they used to, I'll tell you that. I saw him walk a lot of people back in the day. Especially women would get all pissed off at him and they get up and just leave. Uh, Actor-comedian Joe DeRosa said it matters uh, to the uh, comedy community when someone of Mr. Chappelle's standing sticks his chest out as he did. I know with certain subject matters it seems a little more raw or coarse, Mr. DeRosa said. That's got to be the way it is, otherwise we have to start banning every movie or song that deals with any sort of uncomfortable subject. Yeah, I think if anybody's going to do that, it's going to have to be Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's going to have to be the one to stand up and say, now, look... This is humor. I'm not ruining anyone's life here. I'm not making anyone feel bad about themselves. Calm down, right? All right. I did the best I could with the news today without uh, reading. And You know, I will tell you one thing as we go. Matter of fact, I'll wait, and I'll tell you at the beginning of the next segment uh, something that happened. I think I already mentioned this, but it happened again. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. Minneapolis is gearing up for the biggest football event of the year. And you've probably heard the myth that you should wait until after the big game to sell your home. What? If you're thinking about selling, now is the time. Why? Because buyers are hungry and most sellers aren't even in the game. But the real key is fielding the right team. And that's my buddy Chris Lindahl's team with REMAX Results. REMAX is America's number one real estate franchise. 
And the Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team. Why? Because they've got the right game plan and the best players at the skill positions. They know how to market your home. They know how to use social media. And they know how to win. On average, the Chris Lindahl team sells a home every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until after the big game to get a big win on selling your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD and the first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value. And it's only going to the first two KQRS callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Get a free staging package and win big on selling your home before the big game. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone said it was. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. Look, my, my head stays level. You know, it's not too high, not too low. My neck feels much better because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering a buy one MyPillow, get another one absolutely free. Don't delay. This offer will end on January 31st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Go to MyPillow.com, but make sure you use the promo code TOM. Again, please use promo code TOM. That's promo code TOM. MyPillow.com. Although Dave Chappelle, the black American, <laughs> he was a little jealous. I was like, how the fuck are transgender people beating black people in the discrimination Olympics? <laughs> if the police shot half as many transgenders as they did niggas last year, it'd be a fucking war in LA. I know black dudes in Brooklyn, hard street motherfuckers that wear high heels just to feel safe. <laughs> It's kind of true. Ha. Society is very, very <laughs> obsessed with transgender people right now uh, for some reason. But how is that offensive in any way it's to tra not. transgender people? Uh. He's, that's being inclusive, actually. Hey, you guys are doing better than we are. How is that offensive? Uh. That Anyone that could be offended by that just does not understand comedy at all, and you shouldn't listen to comedy ever. Oh, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, in terms of legal immigrants to this country... Um, the highest country, the highest first world country in terms of ranking uh, is South Korea with 2% of the um, immigrants to the country. And that's the highest ranking first world country. Mm. Really? So, yes, the vast, vast majority of immigrants here are from either Mexico. Well, Mexico is like number one by a lot. Um, and that's the but ones then we Philippines, know of. Yeah, yeah exactly. True. Then there's Philippines, China, and India are all pretty much tied um, for second place. Then Vietnam, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Cuba, Indonesia, then finally South Korea. So, yeah, if you're from a first world, first world country and you want to get in, you're going to be waiting. It's just not going to happen. Plus, most or of those Koreans are coming here, here for school. I mean, an overwhelming yeah, amount. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Uh, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, yeah, so that does explain it. Well, they're just not going to get in. You're absolutely right. You know what the um, lowest amount of immigrants f to the United States where they came from? Mm -hmm. The United States. <laughs> Wait a minute. Run that by me again? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they managed that, but... Uh, Wait a minute. Tell me that again. Somehow between 18, or 1986 and 2012, we got 3,100 immigrants from the United States to the United States. So How? I really don't. Maybe they, like, revoked their citizenship and then decided they oh. wanted back. Do you think that's... 
That must okay. be it, because I don't know how the hell else you manage that. I just don't know how you could possibly manage that. Mm. I have no idea how they could possibly manage that or come up with that whole idea. Um, I talked about this, I think I talked about this last week on the Tom Bernard Show, the fact that I was watching uh, the American History Channel, AHC as it's called, and there was a special on, I mean, half the time their programming is about Hitler. Not surprising. I don't know, American History Channel, there's a lot of Hitler on there, I will tell you that. And the people who surrounded Hitler, and they were talking about this, that, and the other thing, and about what should be happening in Germany. This was when they were coming to power. And uh, I turned it off, then I started watching the news, and these nut job far lefters were saying the exact same thing that the Nazis were saying 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy God. People really don't realize that, I mean, People, as a general rule, haven't changed in the history of humanity, and I don't think most of them ever will. No, I don't They're always going to repeat the exact same cycles in 20, 30-year increments over and over again forever. You know, it's just a situation where I – look, the Democratic Party was the party of my mother. My mother loved being a Democrat, Uh, you know? I I like Democrats and I like Republicans, but you people on the fringes, you've lost your mind. And unfortunately, they have all the power right now, whether it be like Andy pointed out on Breitbart, that far-right nut job stuff they report is crazy. Then you got every major publication and uh, news channel – they're so far left. Yeah. Who could possibly believe anything either one of these people say? Let's check out the Daily Stormer. What's the Daily Stormer? I think you'll find out. Oh, God, it's not the, not the KKK or Nazis, is it? Technically not, but I don't know. <laughs> Technically not? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose not. I, I just... <laughs> All right, here we go. Bulbous Jew mutant Tali 11 pens diary entry on Hunt for the Great White Stormer. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, God. People believe this stuff, you know. Yes, they do. They Whether it's far right or far left, they actually believe this stuff to be true. Wait a minute. Jews officially handing America back to the Americans. So, wait, we like Jews? Well, now the White Storm. What is it? The White Storm? The Daily things? Stormer. The Daily Stormer. Which someone, maybe, no, it wasn't Kristen. Someone last week mentioned it, so I decided to yeah, they did. Someone check did it out today. Oh, yeah, it's... Fire uh, at Trump Tower. Yeah, one of the heaters on the roof caught fire. Kaboom! Well, which is great news, because when I, that first happened this morning while I was on the air, I thought, oh, my God, I hope somebody didn't attack oh. Trump Tower. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought. So what? Yeah. This is so weird. The, you got Jews officially handing America back to the Americans, which sounds like Jews are our allies. Yeah. And then below that, the Daily Stormer is being sued by Jewish terrorists. So <laughs> oh, I don't know what I don't know what their stance on Jewish people is right now. Yeah, they don't know what. It I is think it's right because now. the left is like anti-Israel. The right is saying, "Hey, Jews, come over here." Why go- do you guys know the reason for that? Because is Israel why- is opposed to. Uh, Palestine and Palestine is Muslim and the left is all super Muslimy right now. I don't understand how that's possible. If you're liberal, it means you accept all people. The left isn't liberal. Though. They're, They're not left. Liberal. They're just left. See, these are not liberals. These are not Democrats in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, leftists are different than liberals. It's like you know, you never hear anyone use the term rightists. Because that's no, not a that's thing true. right now. Rightism yeah, isn't a thing. It's like it used to be, um, but right now the like state-sponsored religion is 
leftism. You you belong to the left and you believe what the left believes, and it's not really related to anything else except for its own thing. But how is that progressive? That's the other word they love to use. Is pro- how is it progressive to ruin people's lives based on their opinion? I don't, well, I don't know. How is that, I mean, I just don't understand. How is that liberal and progressive to harm people? I, I thought we were trying, to be liberal and progressive would be to move to the middle and to be as far as... No, they are very uh, explicitly anti-middle. Well, they are really anti-middle. I've said this before, and I, I, people laugh, used to laugh about this, because this was happening in Minnesota long before it broke nationally. It happened in New York City, Chicago, in, uh, in Los Angeles, in Minnesota, and a couple other places. But what's so weird is the people, about half the people in Minnesota are just these wonderful, just nice centrist people. Not a, there's not a whole lot of far right leaning people in Minnesota. No, very, very, few. very, very few of them. Not uh, not a whole lot of far right leaners. There are some middle ground people who voted for Trump, like up in northwestern Minnesota, everywhere except for the on the Iron Range, the Duluth area, and Minneapolis and St. Paul. They pretty much voted for Trump everywhere else. Not completely, of course, uh, just because they they don't they're very uncomfortable with that far left agenda, like. As an example, a congressman, Keith Ellison, picks up the Antifa handbook with a big smile on his oh face. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? Are you, are you that stupid I that you so. thought people would, would, would think that's funny? Well, that's what I said. He got sworn in or whatever his, you know, however that works. On the Koran, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, he got, what, what is his position? Do they get sworn in or is it just yeah, like, yeah, elect, a, whatever? No, yeah, he no, got in no. office and then, yeah, the first thing I said was, is that that racist guy? And look, now he's being all racist. No, he is. I mean, he's... What he, a surprise. He's just one of those people, I don't, I don't know what the hell his problem is, but he, he's very, very anti-Trump because that's in fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the far left has, has talked black America into the fact that Donald Trump is a racist. What do they use for evidence? And I'm sitting in a position, kind of an uncomfortable position, defending Donald Trump when I'm not a Donald Trump defender. But I don't see how he's racist. Do you? I mean, I don't think he. there's really any uh, proof that he is. I think people don't want proof. They just want opinion. Yeah, I guess. They'll I hear know. an opinion that agrees with their own opinion, and they'll believe it's true because they want it to be true. But what I've, what I've really witnessed is what what's supposed to be liberalism and supposed to be progressive is accepting all people, but now it's okay to hate white men. Well, that's not being progressive. Look, there's, yeah, there's a bad side of white men, and there's the good side of white men. Uh, there are a lot of, just like any other race or gender or orientation or whatever, there are the good people and there are the bad people. You can't just lump people in together. Did we learn nothing in school? You can't lump people all in together. It just makes no sense. Like Andy said earlier, uh, back in the day, it was everything that black men did was wrong. Oh, God, typical black guy. Uh, you know, that's what you heard. Yeah, now we're literally doing the exact same thing, only uh, swap the race. Yeah, you swap the race. To, now it's, White men can't do anything right. It, it, it's unbelievable. Look, guys who were born white males, it's not their fault what happened before their time. And how can you just lump them all in together? It's, it has nothing to do with them. It happened before they were even born. So I don't know what you, you – I don't really understand how, you, how you, you think you're thinking clearly. I just don't. 
and and you pay for the sins of your father, your grandfather, your great grandfather. Uh, were all white men born into wealthy families? No. Uh, I was born into a family, uh, a white family. I'm a white man. We had zero money, and I'm telling you, we had no money. My mother worked 18 hours a day as a as a diner waitress, 16, 18 hours a day. Never got any sleep. I mean, she busted her ass to raise five white men and two white women. Uh, No great special privilege here. Uh, I didn't finish high school because I couldn't. I had to go to work, and plus the fact I wasn't learning anything anyway. And then I tried college for one day, and I thought the professor was one of the dumbest bastards I ever heard in my entire life. Plus, I couldn't find a place to park, so that's just how that went. You know what I'm saying, right? I do. (laughs) Unless you got Molino. I thought you fell asleep. No, no, no. Just piecing together uh, some things for the show. All right. Yeah, it's, uh, you got a lot to do. No, you do have a lot to do. Well, he has to do the radio stuff, and since I can't really uh, do, I can't really run the board from there or from here. Then he no, has to do can't. that too. So it's easiest to just turn everything off, but us. I suppose that makes total sense. But I, like I said, I just wish we would do this. Why don't we try to move toward the middle here and say, hey, we can find good things about one another. I, I grew up in a racially mixed area, so I just thought it was normal. You know, I never looked at, well, we're better than they are because they're this, that, or the other. It just didn't occur to me. Well, don't worry. That'll uh, occur to a lot of people in the coming years when they're because that's what people do when they're uh, treated like animals. They become animals. I suppose that's true. I, I just don't see the wisdom in it. I see a lot of wisdom in coming together. And it, it, this is, once again, can you name a nation that the United States has not either bailed out financially or uh, out of major conflicts? Uh, can you name a country we haven't helped out? Australia? Switzerland. Uh Switzerland stays out of everything. Switzerland stays out of everything. I don't know our history with Australia, to tell you the truth. I, haven't spent, I'd I don't like know to, that we have one, really. I think it's just kind of, you know... Too far we, away. Yeah, we, we're so far <laughs> away that we both kind of just exist in each other's eyes. But, I mean, again, we were talking about this uh, on the morning show, but, you know, Brazil basically can't stand us, uh, and yet we give them $900 million to drill for oil offshore. Uh, we just took back, what, a quarter of a quarter of a, well, it's, no, wait a minute, $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollars a year that we send to Pakistan, and they hate us. What, what are we doing? And on top of that, they were harboring uh, Osama bin Laden for how, how many years? Well, at least they used our money to put him up in a nice spot, I oh, hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been nice. I mean, seriously, uh, what is it? What I really like is Canada and the United States, the northern border of the United States... What? Who? T- so shut up, Siri. What <laughs> did she? What did she think my you phone asked? My turned off. <laughs> what did she think you asked? How did this even happen? My phone is turned off. Yeah, so, sometimes iPhones just like kind of listen for no real reason. I don't know why. I found an answer. It's displayed on your iPhone. Uh, what is it? That depends on what it is. Oh my God. What? The, get off my phone! God, that's that is the weirdest thing ever. My phone literally yeah. was turned off, and the volume on the on the phone is turned off, and yet you could hear her voice, right? She thought she had to tell a joke for some reason. I, I gotta go lie down. I think I just one of those days. 
the Golden Globes, I hope I hope they don't do this with the with the Oscars and the Emmys and every other thing too. Because they what they did basically is get everybody agitated last night. How many times does Uncle Tom have to tell you, don't listen to these psychos in Hollywood. They're the biggest frauds on earth, and they're all nuts. Even the ones that I know. They're nuts. So shut up. That's a good way to end the show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Thank you.